You're listening to a podcast from Victory. What the Bible says about matters of faith and Christian practice is useful and true. Learn more about this truth in week four of our series, Wordview. In Psalms 18, chapter, chapter 18, verse 30, and the Word of God says, This God, His way is perfect. The Word of the Lord proves true. He's a shield for all those who take refuge in Him. Join me in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, thank You as You anoint the preaching of Your Word. Thank You, Lord God, that as You speak to each and every one of us, Lord, may we get this, Lord, that we can put our trust in Your Word. Thank You, Heavenly Father, that we can surrender everything to You today, Lord. If we are here with something that distracting our mind, Lord God, I just pray that you assure them, Lord God, that you will be the one to take care of that, Lord. All they have to do is listen to your word, Lord God. Lord, we surrender this day to you. Heavenly Father, we also pray for our brothers and sisters in Albay, Lord God. Lord, thank you that you are with them. Lord, thank you, Father, that you are their refuge. You are their strength, Lord God. Lord, we declare the words, Lord God, that says, Nothing missing, nothing broken. Lord, restore everything of our brothers and sisters, Lord God, who are right now in distress, right now losing hope, Lord God. Lord, we speak a blessing to them. Refresh them, Lord God. Even send your people, Lord God, to be a blessing to them as well. Lord, we lift them up to you today. Thank you, Father, even for preaching, for your, for your word will be preached powerfully today, Lord God. Anoint the preaching, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. As we go to the word, you know, this is a psalm where David was not yet a king. He was battling and he was desperate for the presence of God. So, I mean, Lord, I need your help. And God delivered him from his enemies. Actually, God delivered him from King Saul during this time. This was the time that King Saul wanted to attack him. This was the time that King Saul was so envious of the popularity of David. And David wrote this psalm when when God answered his prayer, when he delivered him from his enemy. And this was his psalm. And it says in Psalms 30, we begin with saying that this God, David was saying, he, his, ways, his way is perfect. God is perfect. When we say the word perfect, it's having all the desirable qualities or characteristics as, a good, as good as possible. The best. When we say perfect, it's even more than the best. What is a word that is more than the best? Bestest. Yeah. It's the bestest. You know, the world would define perfect this way. Sabi niya, Salvador Dali is one of the uh, famous artists. Sabi niya, have no fear of perfection. You'll never reach it. You'll never reach it. An unknown author said, strive for progress, not perfection. Why? Because you can never reach it. We can never be perfect. It says, perfection is an impossible destination. Do you agree with their definition? Is it true that it's impossible to be perfect? I would say yes. It's impossible. Why? Because... If there's someone who is perfect, and that is God, and we are not God. He's the only one who is perfect. And it's a good image if we see God as a perfect God. 
And if God is perfect, what does that mean? Everything about Him is perfect. Even the book that He wrote is perfect. The inspired authors, when they wrote the book of the law, the scrolls, the Bible, we can know and we can accept that, that the book of law is perfect. I'm going to add a little bit of um, vocabulary of Hebrew. I'm going to share that today. Para meron din kayo natututunan. When you go to your office, diba, you can share the word. Okay ba yon? The word perfect in Hebrew means, it's, it's said as tamim. Say that with me. Tamim. Yeah. Tell the person to your right, sabi mo, you look almost tamim. Yeah. Tanim, hindi tanim. Tamim. Sabi niya, you look almost tanim. The Hebrew word tamim also means complete. It's with integrity. And this is who God is. He's complete. He is with integrity. What else? He's sincere. Unblemished. Unblemished means walang ano tao, walang defect. What else? Tamim means upright and whole. This is a picture of who God is. He's upright and whole. What else? He is intact and trustworthy. If God is all these, He's tamim. He's unworthy. He is trustworthy. If this is who God is, then His word is perfect. You know, Jesus was talking about a perfect Bible or everything is perfect. It says in Matthew chapter 5, it says, For truly I say to you, until heaven and earth pass away, not an iota, not a dot will pass from the law until all is accomplished. Jesus was talking about the Word of God. What is an iota? An iota is actually uh, the smallest letter of the Greek alpha- alphabet. What Jesus was saying, that the smallest letter of the Greek alphabet and the smallest dot, which means in the Hebrew language, the small dot might mean a different word if you take out the dot. Jesus was saying, that there is authority in Scripture. Why? Because even the iota and the dot, it's perfect. There's no error. It's perfect. It means the Word of God is error-free. Walang typo. Talking about typo, you know, one of the things that I am uh, struggling with is spelling. When I was growing up, I remember, my even up to now, no, when I see my friends, one of the things that we always talk about would be how I spelled a word in high school. Pag nagkukulitan na, no? pag high school reunion, pag nagkukulitan, they would tell us, ikaw nga eh, yung spinel mo yung Einstein, nilagay mo intestine eh. So it was something that, it was a struggle for me. Buti na lang, no? naging Christian now. Na-forgive ko na sila. Yan. Last time, uh, a few months ago, because of the weather, I think it was December when I texted our Viber group here in Victory Greenhills, where all the pastors and staff were there. Sabi ko, uh, guys, I don't feel well. Please, please pray for me. I have this really bad sore throat. Talagang, syempre, di ba? Masama pakiramdam mo, nagpa-pray ka. Nag-reply po si Pastor Bojo sa niya, bro, I pray that your throat will not fly. <laughs> so, hindi ko pa nag-gets. <laughs> Buti na lang my wife would. Sabi niya, your sore throat is soaring eh. S-O-A-R. Sabi ko, that's how bad it is, bro. Really bad with uh, type um, spelling. Buti na lang we have technology. But Jesus is saying, walang typo. 
is it all about typo? You know, once you have a typo, sometimes it means something else. Uh, I want to show you this illustration. This is one of the most brilliant ads for me. I came from a marketing group also no, before I went into full-time ministry. And it says, it's such a standout, you missed our typo. Do you see the typo? Yeah, nagahanap sila. Kanina, no, sa 5.30, sabi nila, yung juke. Tama naman yung juke. Wala namang pra. Do you see the typo? Yeah, there's the typo. Yeah. Sometimes we miss it. Sometimes we can't see it. Because our minds are, when we read it, feeling natin, wala namang mali, di ba? Baka ganyan lang talaga magbasa, nagsa-stutter. The car worthy of, of your attention. But the Bible says, the Word of God has no errors. It's perfect. What else? Psalms 19 says, it's not only a typo, actually. That's why Psalms 19, it says, the law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure making wise the simple, and the precepts of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening in the eyes. When you focus on the words that are underlined, it's perfect, yes, it's sure. What else? It's right and it's pure. It means not only it's free from typographical errors, it means it's always morally correct. It means what it teaches theologically has no error. It has no Conflict, And this is the Word of God. The Word of God is perfect. No error. Nothing that you can find there would tell us that it is in conflict from one another. The Bible is complete. It's full. It's intact. This is the concept of inerrancy. When we say inerrant, it has no error. Errorless. Scripture is inerrant. In, ni- in the 1970s, there was a council that was formed and they called the council the International Council on Biblical Inerrancy. During this time, there was so much attack to the Word of God and its authority. They were saying, these, are, these parts of the Bible are not true. These parts of the Bible may not be true. Science is trying to dispute it. And this council was formed. And this is a very popular statement that they came out. You can Google it and you would always see, it says the Chicago Statement in 1978. It says here, being holy and verbally God-given, Scripture is without error or fault in all its teachings, no less in what it states about God's act in creation, about the events of the world history and about its own literary origins under God than its witness to God's saving grace in individual lives. What it's saying is that even accounts in history, when you validate it with the Bible, it's correct. Even accounts in, in what's happening in the world, you can validate it in the Bible. What it's saying is, it's not a fairy tale, just what like Janine said. It's true. Yes, it's a story, it's a narrative, it's a poem, it's also a psalm, it's also writings on wisdom, but all these are true. The Bible and what we believe in is true. It's perfect. Amen? One of the things that a lot of people are trying to use to discredit the Bible is creation. Why? 
Because if creation is not true from the Bible, it means it's not true at all. Everything will fall if the Bible is not true in creation. But if you think about it, if you ask the people who's trying to dispute what the Bible, the Bible account of creation, if you ask them what they believe in, they would say that they believe in the Big Bang Theory. What is the Big Bang Theory? That everything came to be when a strong and large bang happened. Because of the bang, there was an accident that happened. We Particles came to form together. There became an earth. And then now there are people like us. Question. If you believe in the Big Bang Theory, it means you believe that you are an accident. Everything are an accident. And if you believe in this theory, what you're saying is, there's no standard in life. Everything is an accident. That my grandfather, I'm, I'm willing to accept that he's Kiko Maching. The theory says that everything is based on accident and if everything is based on accident, how do I live my life now? Will my marriage be also an accident? If I don't feel like it, I feel like everything is an accident, I can get out of that marriage. If everything is an accident, what then is the purpose of life? For us believers, we believe in the creation. They say in the beginning, they say that in the beginning, God started everything with His breath. When He said, let there be light, there was light. The comforting fact when we believe in the Word of God is, in the beginning, He said, let us make man in our own image. And that's why we are not an accident. When we believe in the Word of God, it gives us purpose when He said, I knew, I knew you even before you were formed. I knew that you would come. I knew that you would return to the Father. And because of the account of creation, we can actually say, Lord, I surrender my life to you. I want that purpose in my life. Question to each and every one of us here. What is the standard of our belief? Or what is the standard in our life? As we go about every day, do we want to live a life in a standard where everything is an accident? Or do we want to have that standard in the things that we do and we say, Lord, guide me in everything that I do? It's a good question. But as we go home, it would be nice to ask ourselves, ano ba yung standard ng buhay ko? What do I follow? What are the set of rules that guide me on a daily basis? What do I believe in? The standards. Another issue that the Bible or people who dispute the Bible would actually talk about slavery. Sabi nila, the Bible daw is pro-slavery. Because even Paul said that if you have slaves, treat them well. So it says treat them well. No, because they're encouraging slavery and that's what they say. They use this argument to try to dispute people from devoting their lives to the Bible. But you know, 
if you read what Abraham Lincoln said, Abraham Lincoln, the 16th President of the United States said, in regard to this book, he said, I have but, but to say it is the best gift God has given to man. All the good the Savior gave to the world was communicated through this book. But for it, we could not know right from wrong. All things most desirable for man's welfare here and hereafter are found portrayed in it. A man who declares that the Bible tells him what right and wrong is. What am I, what am I saying or why am I saying this? Why is Abraham Lincoln part of slavery? Why? Because he used the Bible to determine what right from wrong is. And he was the president to actually freed all the slaves. If the Bible was pro-slavery, why would someone say that I based it from right and wrong? And the act that has been a legacy in his name was to free the slaves in the United States. Why did he read it differently? What was the difference from people saying that it is pro-slavery and now Abraham Lincoln here says, I want to free slaves because the Bible tells me what right and wrong is. And I want to make a difference. Why? Because there is a difference in their worldview. How do you read the Bible? It's a good question to discuss today. Do we read everything literally? Because what we read will determine our values. Because how we read the Word will also determine our behavior. And not only that, it will determine our culture. Here in Victory, we are a Bible-based church. Everything revolves around Jesus. And how we live our lives is based on what the Bible says. But when we read the Word, the question is, do we take everything literally? What do, we, what do I mean by that? If the Bible is perfect, why is God telling me to gouge my eye? Some of us would ask, no? If God is perfect, He is true, He is pure, why would He want me to gouge my eyes? If God is perfect, why would He want me to cut out my hand? And we read some of these scriptures. The question is, how do we read the Word? Do we read it literally? Today, I want to share with you two ways on how to read the Word. You know, when we learn this, I pray that you try to apply this for us to be able to grow in the knowledge of the Word of God. There's two ways to read the Word. Number one, to read it descriptively. And number two, to read it prescriptively. Descriptively means we read the Word of God. When it's descriptive, it's telling what happened. But it does not necessarily tell the readers to do what's happening during that time. We read the Word and we hear about human sacrifice. It doesn't tell us to do it. All it's saying is that the world around them, when the authors were writing it, there were human sacrifice. When we read the Word prescriptively, there is a prescription, meaning the Word of God wants us to do something. But it doesn't mean that we do it just like how it's done before. It gives us a picture of, example, the gravity of sin. That's why it's called to gouge our eyes. Do we really need to gouge our eyes? Jesus was saying that the gravity of that sin is so serious that we need to act on it, that we need to do something about it. You know, 
as I preach on the perfect Word of God, this is one of the things that I want you to get. That the Word of God is perfect, but we, the readers, are not. I want you guys to get that. That the Word of God is perfect. But it's us who read it who's not. We have a limited perspective of the Word of God. That's why when we read, and this is my encouragement to you, even before you start your meditation during the day, pray. Pray for the Holy Spirit. Even worship. Worship God. Just use the playlist that we provide you. We have a playlist now for the series. Listen to the Word. Listen to the song. Pray. Ask the Holy Spirit to guide you to all truth. Because when we do, we get to understand the Word of God. We get His revelation. As we continue, it says here that the Word of God, the Word of the Lord, proves true. The word proves true means in Hebrew, and I'm going to add another word for you to memorize and uh, meditate on. It means serupa. Say it with me. Serupa. Do you know the father of Serupa? Eddie. Gutierrez. Serupa. Okay, going back to the spirit. Okay, it means... Serupa means tried, tested, and pure. To prove true means to be tried, tested, and pure. And what the scripture says is that the Word of God has been tried, it's been tested, and it's pure. I want to show you this image. This is one of the most popular trucks in the U.S. during the 90s. And when we say truck, this is their daily car. They like uh, big cars. They like that for their daily lives. No, Even women drive that. And this is a truck. They say that it's built to last. It's something that they want to use forever. It's something that they would depend on. It would, it would keep their family safe. It's something that would, would really be reliable in their lives. But you know, in 1996, they learned that when you step on the brake, at the same time, turn on the overdrive. Is it the overdrive? It's um, turn on the, what do you call that? And then it drives for you. Overdrive. There. What's it? Cruise control. There you go. So when you turn on the cruise control and then accidentally step on the brake at the same time, it gets fire. It catches fire. And this happened in 1996. And they realized it that they had to do a recall. It says, there was a recall for 14 million, not US dollars, but 14 million units. They had to recall all the units. Why? Because it was dangerous for the users. This model was already running for the past six years. Imagine putting your life in danger, your family in danger for the past six years. You drive it and you don't know. It's a ticking time bomb. It can actually catch fire. A $20, uh, a $20 item or part that they should have tested cost them $280 million of losses. And of course, their name was on the line. After that, di ba, parang, do I want to buy another truck like that? 
But it's comforting to know that the Word of God has been tested. When we say perfect, it's still applicable today. When we say perfect, it will not go back to us na nagkaroon ng error. That's why they say the Word of God is infallible, meaning it will never come up to us and say, Mary call yung Bible. No. The Bible is saying that it will always be the Word of God. And that means we can put our trust in it. It says in Psalms 12.6, The Word of the Lord are pure, like silver refined in furnace on the ground, purified seven times. It's like silver purified. It's something that has been uh, uh, clean. Natanggal na yung dirt, yung impurities. It's pure and it's perfect. Sabi nila, the Word of God in Tagalog is matibay, matatag, maaasahan. The Word of God is pang matagalan. Ayan. Convincing. Yeah, parang battery. The Word of God is something that will never fail. Amen? Something that we can put our lives at. A while ago, I was saying that people are saying that it is outdated. The question is, have they really read the Word? Sometimes we can talk to them that way because even us, we haven't read the Word. But you know, we are called to be people of the Word. And when people tell us that it's not applicable to our lives, it will only be true if we don't read it. The Word of God will not work in our lives if we don't read it, if we don't meditate on His Word. You know, there is an assurance when we read the Word of God. Yes, it is perfect. Yes, it is tested. But when we read it, it says in Hebrews 4, it is alive. The Word of God is living and active, sharper than a double-edged sword. That when we read it and when we declare it, something happens in our hearts. They say the double-edged sword is one is the word and the other is our actual word saying it. When we declare it, when we read the word of God out loud, something happens in us. The word of God is alive. So how do we respond to this? Yes, we know now that the word of God is perfect. It's been tested. It says here that the Word of God is something that we can put our full trust in. Because it says, He is a shield for those who take refuge in Him. A shield is something that protects us. A shield is something that will guide us when we are at war. And we are at war. The enemy would try to attack us. The enemy would try to deceive us on a daily basis. And it's only the Word of God that would protect us. When you feel that the, that the enemy is giving you lies, that there's no more hope in your business, when you feel that the enemy is giving you lies, that maybe you have to accept being single. If the Word of God is, is alive in you, you can declare the Word to battle that. Hope will arise in us when we read the Word of God. Proverbs 35, it says, Every word of God is pure. He's a shield unto him that put their trust in him. Question, as I end, do we put our trust in the authority of Scripture? Do we put our trust in the Word of God? Or where do we put our trust? Is it 
our bank account? Is it our business? Is it our talents? Because we can get a living, we can get a job. Where do we put our trust? You know, in stocks and in investments, they would always put most of their finances where? In the lesser risk, that's right, and with great return, correct? Here, as believers, we have the best return with zero risk. Why? Because the Word of God is perfect. The Word of God is sure. The Word of God is right. Can I ask everyone to stand as I close? Last thought before I pray. You know, the Word of God is perfect. Amen? But you know, it's perfect for something else. It's perfect for you. Let's make it more personal. It's perfect for me. So as I pray, let's just have this attitude to declare that, Lord, that your word is perfect for me. It's what I need. Why? Because I'm imperfect. Because I am in need of your guidance. Because I need your word in my life. You just heard a podcast from Victory. For more messages like these and to access other resources, please visit victory.org.ph or like our page on Facebook at facebook.com slash victoryph.